Hello world, this is Roger Corvale and this is For the Hope. Here we read through the Bible conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. Marriage scandals? Sex? Taking people to court? What else do you want out of the Bible? Who needs TV? Well, except for football, of course. Hey, Hopeful, welcome to For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we read through every single word of God's revelation of himself in Scripture and consider our own life and work stories in light of that, including, well, yeah, bodies and sexuality. Hey, in our New Testament segment today, just a reminder, Corinth is a very sexy place. And to be Corinthian would have meant living to satisfy all your appetites of food and sex and drink and and whatever. And in Corinth, everything can be done to excess because nobody knows and nobody cares. But the church, of course, should be, here's a crazy idea, different. Today we're going to read two chapters for our New Testament segment. So let's get after it. 1 Corinthians 5 and 6. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and the kind of sexual immorality that is not even tolerated among the Gentiles, a man sleeping with his father's wife. And you, you are arrogant. Shouldn't you be filled with grief and remove from your congregation the one who did this? Even though I am absent in the body, I am present in spirit. As one who is present with you in this way, I have already pronounced judgment on the one who has been doing such a thing. When you are assembled in the name of our Lord Jesus, and I'm with you in spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus, hand that one over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Pause, I'll just interject one thing. Remember, the objective is always restoration. Paul goes all of that so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little leaven leavens the whole batch of dough? Clean out the old leaven so that you may be a new unleavened batch, as indeed you are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, Let us observe the feast, not with old leaven or with the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote to you in a letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. I did not mean the immoral people of this world or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. Otherwise, you would have to leave the world. But actually, I wrote you not to associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister and is sexual immoral sexually immoral, or greedy, an idolater, or virably abusive, a drunkard, or a swindler. Do not even eat with such a person. For what business is it of mine to judge outsiders? Don't you judge those who are inside? God judges outsiders. Remove the evil person from among you. If any of you has a dispute against another, how dare you take it to court before the unrighteous and not before the saints? Or don't you know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the trivial cases? Don't you know that we will judge angels? How much more matters of this life? So if you 
have such matters? Do you appoint as your judges those who have no standing in the church? I say this to your shame. Can it be that there is not one wise person among you who is able to arbitrate between fellow believers? Instead, brother goes to court against brother, and that before unbelievers. As it is, to have legal disputes against one another is already a defeat for you. Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be cheated? Instead, you yourselves do wrong and cheat, and you do this to your brothers and sisters. Don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit God's kingdom? Do not be deceived. No sexually immoral people, idolaters, adulterers, or males who have sex with males. No thieves, greedy people, drunkards, verbally abusive people, or swindlers will inherit God's kingdom. And some of you used to be like this. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Everything is permissible for me. But not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, quote unquote, everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food is for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will do away with both of them. However, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. God raised up the Lord and will also raise up by his power us. Don't you know that your bodies are part of Christ's body? So should I take part of a part of Christ's body and make it part of a prostitute? Absolutely not. Don't you know that anyone joined to a prostitute is one body with her? For scripture says the two will become one flesh. But anyone joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. But the person who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought at a price. So glorify God with your body. So there you go, chapters 5 and 6, and you can see why I read them together. It kind of forms a, well, the $4 word is pericope, like this section that goes together. So I'm going to come back to that in our closing reflection, right? I know some have thought that Paul is, goes, is Paul saying that our bodies don't matter? Uh, and obviously we don't get that impression out of the end, but they're in the middle uh, of what we read is something that makes people think that. And by the way, you know, that comes from the Greeks, right? Body bad, spirit good. All right, there, I just gave away the ending. Turning back to our Old Testament segment here, uh, Ezra. We're going to finish up the book of Ezra, Ezra chapter 9. And remember that the end of Ezra, including this part, is kind of like his memoirs. So today we're going to hear about his kind of like prayer for confession and and listen for what happens relative to people kind of responding to a message analogically here like Paul's Ezra chapters 9 and 10 After these things had been done the leaders approached me and said 
The people of Israel, the priests and the Levites, have not separated themselves from the surrounding peoples whose detestable practices are like those of the Canaanites, Hethites, Perizzites, Jebusites, Ammonites, Moabites, Egyptians, and Amorites, and Gigabites and Termites. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to. Indeed, the Israelite men have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and their sons so that the holy seed has become mixed with the surrounding peoples. You see a theme here, my friends? Indeed, the Israelite men have taken some of their, meaning the other peoples, the pagans, daughters as wives for themselves and their sons, so that the holy seed has become mixed with the surrounding peoples. The leaders and officials have taken the lead in this unfaithfulness. When I heard this report, I tore my tunic and robe, pulled out some of my hair from my head and my beard, and I sat down devastated. Everyone who trembled at the words of the God of Israel gathered around me because of the unfaithfulness of the exiles, while I sat devastated until the evening offering. At the evening offering, I got up from my time of humiliation with my tunic and my robe torn. Then I fell on my knees and spread out my hands to the Lord my God. And I said, My God, I am ashamed and embarrassed to lift my face toward you, my God, because our iniquities are higher than our heads, and our guilt is as high as the heavens. Our guilt has been terrible from the days of our ancestors until the present. Because of our iniquities, we have been handed over, along with our kings and priests, to the surrounding kings and to the sword, captivity, plundering, and open shame, as it is today. But now, for a brief moment, grace has come from the Lord our God to preserve a remnant for us and to give us a stake in His holy place. Even in our slavery, God has given us a little relief and light to our eyes, Though we are slaves, our God has not abandoned us in our slavery. He has extended grace to us in the presence of the Persian kings, giving us relief so that we can rebuild the house of our God and repair its ruins to give us a wall in Judah and Jerusalem. Now, our God, what can we say in light of this? For we have abandoned the commands you gave through your servants, the prophets, saying, the land you are entering to possess is an impure land. The surrounding peoples have filled it from end to end with their uncleanness by their impurity and detestable practices. So do not give your daughters to their sons in marriage or take their daughters for your sons. Never pursue their welfare or prosperity so that you will be strong. Eat the good things of the land and leave it as an inheritance to your sons forever. After all that has happened to us because of our evil deeds and terrible guilt, though you, our God, have punished us less than our iniquities deserve and have allowed us to survive, should we break your commands again and intermarry with peoples who commit these detestable practices? Wouldn't you become so angry with us that you would destroy us, leaving neither remnant nor survivor? Lord God of Israel, you are righteous. For we survive as a remnant today. Here we are before you with our guilt, though no one can stand in your presence because of this. While Ezra prayed and confessed, weeping and falling face down before the house of God, 
An extremely large assembly of Israelite men, women, and children gathered around him. The people also wept bitterly. Then Shechaniah, son of Jehiel, an Elamite, responded to Ezra, saying, We have been unfaithful to our God by marrying foreign women from the surrounding peoples. But there is still hope for Israel in spite of this. Therefore, let's make a covenant before our God to send away all our foreign wives and then their children, according to the counsel of my Lord and of those who tremble at the command of our God. Let it be done according to the law. Get up, for this matter is your responsibility and we support you. Be strong and take action. Then Ezra got up and made the leading priests, Levites, and all Israel take an oath to do what had been said. So they took an oath. And Ezra went, then went from the house of God and walked to the chamber of Jehohanan, Jehohanan, son of Eliashab, where he spent the night. He did not eat food or drink water because he was mourning over the unfaithfulness of the exiles. They circulated a proclamation throughout Judah and Jerusalem that all the exiles should gather at Jerusalem. Whoever did not come within three days would forfeit all his possessions according to the decision of the leaders and elders and would be excluded from the assembly of the exiles. So all the men of Judah and Benjamin gathered in Jerusalem within three days, and on the twentieth day of the ninth month all the people sat in the square at the house of God, trembling because of this matter and because of the heavy rain. Then the priest Ezra stood up and said to them, You have been unfaithful by marrying foreign women, adding to Israel's guilt. Therefore make a confession to the Lord, the God of your ancestors, and do his will. Separate yourselves from the surrounding peoples and your foreign wives. Then all the assembly responded loudly, We will do as you say. But there are many people, and it is the rainy season. We don't have the stamina to stay out in the open. This isn't something that can be done in a day or two, for we have rebelled terribly in this matter. Let our leaders represent the entire assembly. Let all those in our towns who have married foreign women come at appointed times together with the elders and judges of each town in order to avert avert the fierce anger of our God concerning this matter. Only Jonathan, son of Asahel, and Jezeah, son of Tikvah, opposed this, with Meshulam, and Shabbatai, the Levite, supporting them. The exiles did what was proposed. The priest Ezra selected men who were family heads, all identified by name, to represent their ancestral families, and they convened on the first day of the tenth month to investigate the matter. And by the first day of the first month, they had dealt with all the men who had married foreign women. The following were found to have married foreign women from the descendants of the priests, from the descendants of Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, and his brothers, Messiah, Eleazar, Jerib, and Gedaliah. They pledged to send their wives away, and being guilty, they offered a ram from the flock for their guilt. Hananiah and Zebediah from Emer's descendants, Messiah, Elijah, Shemaiah, Jehiel, and Uzziah from Harim's descendants, Eloani, Messiah, Ishmael, Nethanel, Jazabad, and Elisah from Pasher's descendants, and from the Levites, Jazabad, Shemei, Kaliah, that is Kalita, Pethahiah, Judah, and Eleazar. The singers, Eliashib. The gatekeepers, Shalom, Telem, and Uri. The Israelites, Parosh's descendants, Ramiah, Isaiah, Malkijah, Mimajen, Eleazar, Malkijah, another Malkijah, 
and Benaiah. Elam's descendants, Mataniah, Zechariah, Jehiel, Abdi, Jeremoth, and Elijah. Zadu's descendants, Elonai, Eliashib, Mataniah, Jeremoth, Zabad, and Aziza. Bebai's descendants, Jeho- Jehohanan, Hananiah, Zabai, and Athli. Bani's descendants, Meshulam, Malach, Adiah, Jashub, Shealiel, and Jeremoth. Pahath Moab's descendants, Adnah, Shelal, Benaiah, Maseah, Mataniah, Bezalel, Binui, and Manasseh. From Horeb's descendants, Eleazar, Isajah, Ishijah, <laughs> Malkijah, Shemaiah, Shimeon, Benjamin, Malak, and Shemariah. And finally, from Ashim's descendants, Matani, Matatha, Zabad, Elephalet, Jeremiah, Manasseh, and Shimei. Oop, I lied. Bani's descendants, Maade, Amram, Uel, Benaiah, Bediah, Shahuli, Vaniah, Merimoth, Eliashib, Mataniah, Matani, Jesu, Bani, Binui, Shimei, Shelemiah, Nathan, Ediah, Mechabdemni, Sheshai, Sarai, Azarel, Shelemiah, Shemiah, Shemariah, Shalom, Amariah, and Joseph, and from Nebo's descendants, Jehiel, Matathiah, Zabad, Zabina, Jedi, Joel, and Benaiah. All these had married foreign women, and some of the wives had given birth to children. All I'm going to say is it appears more widespread among others, some than others, uh, which, of course, is what happens when leaders condone sin. All right, that's Ezra, the book of Ezra. And, you know, in the ancient Hebrew scriptures, Ezra and Nehemiah kind of go together, I think even as one book. So that's where we'll pick up tomorrow. And for our wisdom segment today, Psalm 97. Here's a good thing to remember, if not even pray. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice and let the many coasts and islands be glad. Clouds and total darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and burns up his foes on every side. His lightning lights up the world and earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord and of the whole earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness. All the peoples see his glory. All who serve carved images, those who boast in worthless idols will be put to shame. All the gods must worship him. Zion hears and is glad. Judah's villages rejoice because of your judgments, Lord. For you, Lord, are the most high over the whole earth. You are exalted above all the gods. You who love the Lord hate evil. He protects the lives of his faithful ones. He rescues them from the power of the wicked. Light dawns for the righteous. Gladness for the upright in heart. Be glad in the Lord, you righteous ones, and give thanks to his holy name. Psalm 97. All right, so uh, that's about time, but I'm going to just knock down about three paragraphs for you. Right, Paul has heard that one of the Christian men at Corinth is having sex with his father's wife, and he goes off and says some things like, wait a minute, you are not your own. And even in what we just read in Ezra, it has been revealed that many Israelites, including priests and other leaders, have married pagan wives, right? Very explicitly against the Torah, right? The What we call the Pentateuch, the, the Mosaic Law. And when Ezra hears of this, here's a good response. He's not only shocked, 
but he acts in a manner consistent with the sign for grief. Now, here's an important thing, right? Uh, Literally in the theocracy of the Mosaic Law, and figuratively for us, which is its own form of being literal, right? For Ezra, the distinctiveness of the community is an important part of religious purity, right? So sexually, sexual purity and, and religious purity go hand in hand. It is through, of course, then intermarriage with pagan peoples that Israel has been con- corrupted by idolatry, right? doesn't mean that taking one foreign wife was going to be the end of a whole nation, but that leads to this and that leads to that, and right? It's probable that the men of the first group to return from exile uh, who have married foreigners, uh, is it's possible that even it's because of a shortage of Israelite women, but they still have broken God's law, which says don't intermarry with them. So there is, interestingly, a law allowing Israelites to marry foreign captive women. And I guess that's probably a topic for another day. But Deuteronomy 21, if you want to go to there. Does Paul think our bodies matter? Well, or don't matter. I mean, obviously, quite the opposite. He believes that they matter very much. And God made us with bodies. And Jesus had one when he shared his life on earth. In fact, still has one in heaven. So our resurrection bodies will be part of our identity in heaven. And for now, our bodies are the place where we meet with God and host his spirit. And from which we serve him. In other words, they are temples. And we got to take care of it. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.